Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use? No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for September the 20th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide that absolutely we're convinced. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. We were not live on Saturday. Of course, we were live on Friday. A quick recap of Friday's broadcast starts now. We had our guest on, Mr. Chris Carlson discussions of all things liberty and we discussed happy constitution day friday was september 17th constitution day and we present several children's stories that illustrate moral principles relevant to our current political situation today if you will uh we talked about the goose that laid the golden egg we talked about stone soup we talked about the emperor's new clothes and the parable of the frozen rattlesnake. We talked about Cynthia McKinney documenting that U.S. lawmakers virtually forced to sign a pledge to support Israel. Israel loyalty pledge. Who really controls Congress? That was our one of the broadcast. Hour two we had on, of course, Dr. Scott Bradley to preserve the nation. Freedomsrisingsun.com. And we talked about cancel culture promoted on a worldwide scale. We talked about George Washington, September 19th, 1796, religion and morality, excuse me, and morality are necessary conditions of the preservation of a free government. You got to have religion and morality, ladies and gentlemen. It's impossible without it. All right. That's an important understanding that we really need to kind of think about. George Washington. September 19th, 1796. Religion and morality are necessary conditions of the preservation of free government. Amen to that reality check. We also talked about why do we celebrate LGBT History Month, but we only have one day for the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that in America. We talked about Alexis de Tocqueville. The American Republic will endure... Until the day Congress discovers that it can vote and bribe the public with the public's money. In other words, the government can take your money from you or raise money related and then give it back to you and, wow, redistribute the wealth. That's going to be the undoing of America, said to Tocqueville. We also talked about um, justice for J6 rally in D.C., It was this weekend. I said, don't attend, ladies and gentlemen. We said, who is this guy? Who is this guy that leads this thing, right? Who the heck is this guy that created the Justice for J6 rally? 
Matt Brainerd. Now, Matt, they say he's been around for a long time, but in my opinion, he's a big-time Republican insider. Anyway, we talked about that quite a bit. Don't go to the J6 rally. Well, you want to know what happened at the J6 rally just this last weekend? (laughs) You had a bunch of bureaucrats, cops, government, uh, whatever, everywhere. And then you had less than 100 right-wingers or patriots is what they want to try to call them. It was a disaster. Anyway, nobody showed up except the cops pretty much, and that was the end of that. A lot of influence, I guess they say, but when less than 100 people show up, how much influence is that? Just wondering. All right, we also talked about the incredible book on Constitution Day called The Constitution, a Heavenly Banner, written by Ezra Taft Benson. The Constitution is indeed a heavenly banner. It's the divine blueprint for civil law upon the earth. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Amen to that. The Constitution is the blueprint for liberty. I say that all the time, and it's absolutely true. We also talked about the incredible movie called A More Perfect Union. America Becomes a Nation. It's a 1989 film put together by Brigham Young University that really highlights and dramatizes the 1787 Constitutional Convention. The film was produced, as I said, by Brigham Young University to commemorate the 200th year celebration of the Constitution back in the day. Uh, Anyway, great film, A More Perfect Union, great book, The Constitution, A Heavenly Banner, really vital. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, we celebrated Constitution Day big time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with just reason to do so. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, Anyway, I want to just highlight a little bit of what we also accomplished. On Friday, I don't know if you know, but we had a big celebration. And I only invited a few family and friends to this event. But Liberty Roundtable is in its 25th year of broadcast excellence. And on Constitution Day this last Friday, two days ago or whatever, um, we celebrated. We celebrated big time. And we had a fantastic Time We gave awards for all those who have been involved uh, in the proceedings uh, and more. And uh, it was just a tremendous time. We had a dinner. We had some comedians. We had the awards. We had several speakers. I gave the final or the uh, whatever you want to call it, wrap-up speech. And I basically talked about you need to learn to be at the right place at the right time, ladies and gentlemen, in your life. And I talked about specific miracles that I've experienced in my life, being in the right place at the right time. We talked about our uh, foray into radio, how we got involved a little bit, what we've done, some details. And really the idea is if you're going to be in the right place at the right time, you've got to go back to George Washington's statement. September 19th, 1796, religion and morality are necessary conditions of the preservation of free government. There is no other way, folks. And so in an effort to claim the moral high ground, I said you got to be in the right place at the right time. And the only way to do that is to get on your knees and pray hard. And when you get on your knees and pray hard, ladies and gentlemen, and then you get up and you go to work, God can guide your steps. God can guide your the things that you say and the things that you do to where you're in the right place at the right time to make a difference for the sacred cause of liberty. Anyway, I, I gave some... Uh, examples of miracles in my life and i told the audience that you know miracles can be had by all of us and there's a little uh, secret that i'm going to share with you 
if you have faith to believe in Christ and believe in miracles, and then you take the time to acknowledge miracles when they happen and write them down or remember them uh, or acknowledge them before God and thank him for them, etc., you get this circle of faith and obedience to God's commandments creates miracles. When you have miracles and then you acknowledge them and when you uh, document them and when you show gratitude for them, you create this circle. The more you have faith, the more miracles happen. The more miracles happen, the more you acknowledge them, and the more gratitude you have for them, the more faith you gain. And as we do this and learn to stand in the right place at the right time because we pray to God daily for guidance of where to be, miracles will happen. The miracle of America is something to behold. Uh, Miracles in your personal life can be had daily. Do you turn to God? Do you repent? Do you claim the moral high ground? Do you have morality and religion in your life? If you do, then you're worthy of a free nation. If you don't, you're not worthy of it. But anyway, I continued my speech and basically uh, talked about this and highlighted that you need to be in the right place at the right time. And the only way to do that is to let God lead lead you, guide your steps. I digress, but I wanted to highlight the speech that I gave a little bit uh, so that people can kind of understand. I can't cover it all. Uh, It was a very personal group. Uh, that I shared some personal stories with, etc. Not that you're not part of that group. It's just that it doesn't belong on the public airwaves, right? Anyway, all I'm telling you is there are blessings to be had, ladies and gentlemen, for those who keep the commandments of God and those who have gratitude and faith for miracles. I'm telling you, it's a circle that if you learn to work at, work at, work at, work at, you'll, get, you'll have more miracles in your lives, more blessings than you can possibly imagine. The windows of heaven will be opened and poured down upon your heads. But it all starts with turning to God in prayer and repenting. Uh, I talked about my dear mother, and she had incredible, powerful prayers that could move mountains. And we need to learn to pray like that. And then we need to learn to get up and work like that. And as we're in the right place at the right time, you can expect miracles to happen. Because God has promised them. And when they happen, and when you acknowledge them, and when you have gratitude for them, and go to God and thank you so much for these miracles, I'll just give you one little example of a miracle. On Saturday, we had a big family fun day planned, 11 to 2. We woke up, it was raining, and it was planned. Every time we'd look at the weather, the rain just got pushed back further and further and further. And we didn't know what to do because we had a bunch of uh, events in the park, and we didn't have any coverings. Anyway, long story short, we prayed, 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 and we got to work. And we literally um, set up shade tents, which I guess could turn into rain covers. We set up tables, we set up all the different games that we had, and we prayed, prayed. I'm telling you right now, it cleared at 11, and started to rain at 2. Virtually exactly like we prayed for. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't get everything you pray for, that God's not real. I'm just telling you that he chooses the time and place to deliver miracles. But when we pray for them and work towards them, we need to expect them. Not that we demand from God, but that we have faith and trust that he does care about our children, about his children, and he will deliver. Uh, Anyway, that was just a simple example of the point. And it happened to us last weekend. I digress. Lowell Nelson with us in mere seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live nationally syndicated radio talk show. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? 
you deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org. So anyway, I digress. I'm just telling you, we had an incredible event last weekend, and I gave my speech, and really it's about being at the right place at the right time and expecting miracles. Faith precedes the miracle, ladies and gentlemen. But we got to hold the moral high ground, as George Washington taught us. we got to have religion and morality as the two great conditions or supports, if you will, to a free society. Uh, and we need to learn to pray hard and get up and work, and we can expect miracles. God's promised them to us. Uh, and it's all about learning to be at the right place at the right time for those wonderful things to happen. Anyway, it was a speech I gave on Friday night. Lowell, welcome, sir. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. Good to be with you. All right. Any thoughts on that before we move to a, a bunch of topics here? Wow. Yeah, I, I'm just very uh, impressed. I, I just love to hear you talk that way, Sam, because that's so true. It's been true in my life. It's been true in your life. You know, as a football player uh, during my high school years, and, and uh, one of the slogans we had was uh, preparation. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly, but something like preparation results in, in good luck or something. I mean, uh, it, it, it basically says that there's no such thing as good luck. You have to make your own good luck, and you do that through hard work and preparation. And that's where, you know, good preparation, hard work meets opportunity. That's where, you know, the so-called good luck comes from. So heaven smiles on, on you know, and favors those who work really hard with faith and, and do all that they can do to, to accomplish some good, righteous cause. Then heaven smiles on their efforts. And, and, and from that comes these marvelous experiences, these, these experiences where you look up and say, wow, you know, this could never have happened without heaven's help, or this was just amazing. No one would ever believe me if 
I told him. <laughs> I mean, those types of experiences come when heaven smiles on your good efforts, Sam. So I thank you so much for sharing that. And that is the miracle of America, ladies and gentlemen, to understand. If you really study the Founding Fathers and you understand how they disagreed and how all these complicated things, man, the idea that we even have a country uh, in the first place from the American Revolutionary days and then the Civil War days that America could not be war-torn and destroyed forever but yet conquer and uh, you know, I really probably 70% support the side of the South in the in the Northern Aggression War. But at the same time, I'm grateful that America, the nation, has stayed together. And I believe that America will be the nation that creates a group of people, a contingent, if you will, of people that are prepared to meet the Savior when he returns. And so there's a sacred history there, miracles all along the way that we point to, etc., ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got some negative news to discuss with Lowell Nelson campaign for Liberty.org though. And that is, you know what? We got to talk about the American empire's true face. Sadly, America is turned away from its constitutional roots, from its founding, from its blueprint, if you will. And we become really an empire and we've literally mandated our views around the world. Um, it's caused all kinds of blowback for decades. We've got to jettison the war mentality, the empire mentality, but this first article really is sad, Lowell. It truly is, Sam, and just demonstrates uh, De Tocqueville's statement. You know, he, he said that America is, is great because she is good. And if she ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. And unfortunately, I believe that we have ceased to be good, uh, collectively speaking, and, and therefore we have ceased to be great. No longer do we value life, apparently. Sam, killing children is not considered a war crime anymore. Why do I say that? Well, because just, uh, uh, what, well, three weeks ago now, two and a half weeks ago, the U.S. Uh, sent a retaliatory drone strike in Afghanistan, uh, basically to retaliate against, you know, that, that um, uh, suicide bomber who killed 11 or 13 of our servicemen and, and uh, several hundred Afghanis. And so we sent this strike, and 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 immediately uh, it was reported in local media about all the civilians that it had killed. That had killed like ten civilians, and the the Pentagon said, "No way, we killed an ISIS uh, target." And 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 they they lied for two weeks, Sam. They lied about this. The, the so hold on, strike. let me just stop you there. This is where, if we got foreign news on this, reported the details, they would claim we're lying and we're peddling fake news. But the truth is they lied for a couple of weeks until the lies became so, well, they couldn't just defend them. Too much evidence was coming out. Too much information was rolling forth to where they finally had to reverse the lies and admit the truth. So the government engaged in fake news for two weeks plus. Yeah. And this and, is just and, one of thousands of examples we can give, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. And CNN, in fact, was one of the original on the day of the strike. Uh, the foreign correspondents of CNN reported the civilians died. There civilian casualties. And the Pentagon still, like Sam said, for two weeks refused to report that. Well, the gentleman, they, the, the so-called target, he was, his name is Ahmadi. And, and uh, basically, he was uh, he's been aid. He, he is an aid worker, you know, rescuer. He's helping. He's, he's delivering water and, and, and uh, medical supplies to people, his own people in Afghanistan. He's, he's uh, you know, and, and 
and he's a good guy, right? He's trying to help his own people survive the, the carnage over there, the battle scene. And yet we took him out and with a drone strike, and in doing so, killed nine other civilians. And there were children among them, right? Two-year-old, three-year-old, five-year-old children among them. And, and, what do, and, and, and so the Pentagon denies this, you know, for two weeks. And then what else didn't they do? Well, General McKenzie, he didn't resign. He didn't promise to discipline anyone for the crime. In other words, it's okay to kill children if you're the United States. That's it. Sam, that's why I, I, I'm saying that the U.S. has ceased to be good. We have ceased to be good when we kill children, when we allow the murder of innocents. Well, and on top of it, it's one thing to make a mistake and kill these people if that's what it really was. I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was a mistake. Either way, then the cover-up and the lie, though, adds insult to injury. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and it, this, that was just one example. There, we could turn to hundreds of examples, but the other big, big one, Sam, um, is uh, the drone papers that were published in October of 2015. Um, there was a gentleman there who, who published those papers. Uh, his name is Daniel Hale. I have to look him up uh, because Hale is in my is my mom's maiden. I mean, my mom's my grandma's maiden name. So Daniel Hale. Um, anyway, Sam, he was the one who published the drone papers in October 15. What did they say? Well, they detailed the U.S. drone strikes in Afghanistan, Somalia, Yemen, and other places in the Middle East, and indicated that up to 90 percent of the casualties at one point, were innocent. But the military classified them all as terrorists, all as terrorists, uh, so that they could stab their consciences, so they could, you know, not have to face the, the fact that they were killing innocent people. And so uh, that that's, uh, you know, and, then, and also, so that was Daniel Hell. Guess what they did? They sent him to prison for 45 months. Sam, this was just three months ago, back in July of this year, Daniel Hale, who published the drone papers, was sent to prison for 45 months. I mean, it, it, it's Max of Edward Snowden, Julian Assange. There's another man who blew the whistle on the CIA's torture program. His name is John Krakow, Krakow maybe? I don't know. Likewise, he ended up behind bars. And so it's just, it, we're upside down. We're, we're, we're not a good country anymore. We don't value life. We don't value truth. And uh, the generals and the politicians who murder these innocents, they, they commit these and other war crimes. What do they get? They get medals. They get promotions. And then the politicians who support them, they get money in their campaign re-election coffers and more power. And that's, that's the big problem, Sam. That's how this empire works. That's how the way empires always have worked, and that's why Ron Paul has, for years, come out so harshly against the interventionist foreign policy of this U.S. regime, Sam. You know, we do it in the name of defending democracy, quote-unquote, or rules-based international order, or human rights for women and girls, right? That's, that's the, the, uh, the slogan. But what ends up happening That's is the we manipulation. destroy lives. And Ron yeah. Paul wrote an incredible article that highlights this reality. 20 years on, we've learned nothing from 9-11. We've learned nothing from, well, 9-11 started all this. We started to get into all these countries saying, hey, we got to take action because they attacked us. And 
wrong countries, wrong people, wrong circumstances, just lies, lies, lies that have put us in all these wars in the first place, Lowell. That's exactly right. In fact, remember when Ron Paul, during a presidential can, uh, debate in 2007, he said, they attacked us because we've been there sanctioning and bombing the civilian population for decades. That's Let's come they- back. Let's come back, Lowell. Repeat that quote from Ron Paul because it's so poignant today. It's shocking. Quick pause, Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Senate parliamentarian Elizabeth McDonnell on Sunday ruled against Democrats' plan to provide 8 million green cards as part of their $3.5 trillion spending bill. The money requested by Democrats is very close to what America spent on all of World War II and has zero Republican support. The U.S. government has begun deporting hundreds of Haitian migrants who camped out near Del Rio, Texas. An estimated 13,000 Haitians swelled the border last week, adding to the self-induced crisis at the border. More than 320 migrants arrived in Port-au-Prince on three flights from the United States on Sunday and early Monday. A half dozen more flights are expected this week. The Northport Police Department in Florida says it currently has no plans to conduct a major search of the Carlton Reserve today, the place where authorities had been looking for Brian Laundrie over the weekend. Laundrie is a person of interest in the Gabby Petito investigation. On Sunday, authorities found a body in Wyoming that is believed to be Petito's. USA Radio News. Are you on Medicare or soon to go on? Some important news from Newsmax. The Medicare Board of Trustees just released a report saying it will run out of money in 2026. It's happening sooner than imagined. All this week, Grant Stinchfield reveals the shocking story of Medicare abuse. He talks to the insiders, tells you what happened, and shows you how you can protect your insurance. Watch Stinchfield's Medicare abuse series on Newsmax at 8 p.m. Eastern. Newsmax is America's fastest-growing cable news channel. It's on every major cable system. Just check your cable guide. If your cable system doesn't carry Newsmax, call your operator or switch to a service that does. Get Newsmax on most streaming services or download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone. It takes just seconds. Newsmax covers the big stories you need to know. Medicare is in real trouble. Get the facts about your insurance. Watch Stinchfield on Newsmax tonight. As the border crisis looks more like an invasion, with the addition of 13,000 Haitians flooding the wallless border since late last week, Texas Governor Republican Greg Abbott responds. Texas is stepping up and doing what the federal government is supposed to do. The Biden administration's open border policies have opened the floodgates to illegal immigration, to crime, to human trafficking, to drug smuggling. Liberal Party Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada gambled on an early election in a bid to win a majority of seats in Parliament, but now faces the threat of being knocked from power in Canada's election on Monday. Polls are showing Trudeau's Liberal Party in a tight race with rival Conservatives. Trudeau's philosophy is that Canadians will reward him for the way he handled the pandemic. Canada is now one of the most vaccinated nations in the world, and Trudeau's government spent hundreds of billions of dollars to prop up the economy amid lockdowns. This is USA Radio News. All right.
right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the abuses that take place around the world. We're just a war-like people, ladies and gentlemen, and it's got to stop. We talked about that no one will resign for killing Kabul children. Shows the American Empire's true face. There's no doubt about it. We lied. We killed innocent civilians. All the other around-the-world press told about it, even CNN this time. Rare, but they did. And the Pentagon literally argued with it. Uh, who was peddling fake news? The answer, your government, for well over a couple of weeks till the evidence became so mountainous that they couldn't lie any further. What a shame. Ron Paul wrote an article talking about 20 years on, and we learned nothing from 9-11 and nothing from this. But really, Ron Paul's point back then, reiterated now, really highlights the truth. Look, folks, the reason that they attacked us is because we're over there causing trouble, breaching sovereignty, warlike mentality, murdering innocents, and they're sick of it, and the blowback principle the CIA documented is the reason and the reality. Everybody just mocked, how dare you say that, da-da-da. But now the words ring so true, it's shocking, lol. Yeah, Ron Paul's been prophetic in so many ways on so many fronts, whether it's the monetary policy or, or foreign policy, and this is definitely another place where he... Tells it like it is, and it turns out that it is like he told us. Uh, he said, quote, they attacked us because we've been in the Middle East, sanctioning and bombing the civilian population for decades. The 9-11 attackers were not motivated to commit suicide terrorism on the Twin Towers and Pentagon because they dislike our freedoms. As then-President Bush claimed, they hated us and still hate us because we're over there killing them day after day, year after year. When, in fact, Sam, just a few days ago, uh, you know, when uh, yeah, President Biden slaughtered Zamari Ahmadi and, and nine members of his family, including seven children, in Afghanistan, the administration was bragging about taking out a top ISIS target. But they lied. And we covered that just in the previous segment. Ahmadi was just an aid worker working for a California-based organization bringing water to suffering Afghan village residents. That's what he was doing, and, and, and yet he got taken out. And then there's no apology. There's no, you know, well, I guess there was a lame apology saying we're profoundly sorry, something like that. But, then but that's, there's really that's no it. accountability is what we're getting no. at, ladies and gentlemen. There's no accountability, and there needs to be. People need to go to prison for this. Um, again, we're not even in a declared war. Let's be constitutionally clear here, ladies and gentlemen. There is really no authority for the 20-year-on war that we were in uh, at all. So anyway, there you have it. But the government lied on war. The government now continues to lie on COVID, on vaccines, uh, etc. Now the CDC moves the goalposts again. Well, this is an example where, you know, government just lies. They just are dishonest. And when they get caught lying, they don't have the integrity to even admit they lied. They just pretend like it wasn't so. And so here's a, a very interesting case that this it was not in any news piece that I know of, but my friend, one of my buddies, told me about this Saturday night, and, I, and so I looked it up. I went to the Wayback Machine, which is an or, a website that stores, that archives websites so that we can identify these types of, of, uh, of, of issues. Uh, basically, the CDC has uh, had a definition of the word vaccine on their website. It's been there for years. Uh, and it used to say this, it used to be, a vaccine used to be defined as, quote, a product that stimulates the person 
person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease, protecting the person from that disease, end quote. Okay, that's what this website used to say. But, but until September 1 of this year, just a few weeks ago, they changed the definition of that word to mean, quote, a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases, end quote. So in other words, Sam, they know that vaccines cannot guarantee immunity, so they changed the definition of the word vaccine. That means they moved the goalpost so, so that the, the word vaccine now does not contain the word immunity. Nowadays, a vaccine simply stimulates the body's immune response. It does, like the old definition was to produce immunity. They took that out, and then they said simply it stimulates the body's immune response. They did not change the definition of immunity, right? So it's still the same as it was before, protection from an infectious disease. If you're immune to a disease, you can be exposed to it without becoming infected. That's the definition of immunity. Well, they don't guarantee immunity anymore with the current vaccine, with the definition of a vaccine anymore. They don't intend for vaccines anymore to produce immunity. And so all they want to do is stimulate the body's immune response, but they don't guarantee immunity. Now, in the natural natural um, uh, immune response will guarantee immunity, but their vaccines will not. And so, I don't know, Sam, this, some people might think this is, you know, a talk of, uh, you know, a sex discussion about a thin thing or a small thing, but, but uh, which would you rather have, Sam? Would you rather have immunity or protection? Well, obviously, I'd rather have immunity. And this, what's interesting is, is they don't even know, lol, if there's protection. And I don't know if I uh, highlighted this with you or just other people on the radio. It's hard to keep track of who's with me when sometimes. But I don't know if you know about this, but the government blatantly admits, the CDC, the FDA, the WHO, everybody admits they don't know what the threshold of antibodies needs to be in your body or my body to even have protection. They don't know that. And since they don't know that, they don't have a yardstick, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have a measuring tool. And if you don't have a measuring tool, then my question for everybody is, how do they know vaccines are effective? If they don't know how much antibodies I need, even if it boosts the antibodies for me, if it doesn't rise to the level of effectiveness based on how much is required to be protected, then they're lying. They don't know that it's effective. They just right. say, well, most of the time we think it makes a difference. Well, all the breakthrough cases means that there was not enough antibodies, right? <laughs> so all right. I'm telling you is even that is a lie, and they've been caught lying with that. But I don't hear anybody bringing it up but me, but they have to move the goalposts because otherwise, how do you define effective? Yeah. If we're going to say well, you have know immunity what? and that's effective, then they haven't achieved it. Uh, I mean, I, they say that the breakthrough cases are incredibly rare, but I know a ton of people that have been vaccinated that have had breakthroughs. So it's not as rare as you think, but they don't have a yardstick. They don't have a measuring stick at all on this thing. They don't even know. And now then they say that, well, I guess we can't use immunity as the the effective thing. We're just going to basically use this other term. What's this other term? What's the other term? Well, Protection. protection. But what does protection mean? If you don't know how many antibodies I need to be protected, how are you going to tell me I have protection? Well, yeah, and that's the point. You're, you're, you're kind of protected. You may or may not get the disease because your protection may, may not be sufficiently strong. And that's, that's which speaks to your point, that you, you, you know, just the presence of antibodies doesn't guarantee you won't get the disease.
doctor back at the, on the symposium last week mentioned this as well. He said, and, and not only is it the case that the presence of antibody doesn't guarantee you won't get the disease, but the absence of an antibody doesn't guarantee that you will avoid the disease. So, uh, in other words, there's this there's no guarantees. There's nothing like natural immunity. Uh, one of the points was there there are 1,400 characteristics of this disease that are captured by your natural immune system, but the vaccine, the, the messenger RNA that's in the vaccines that they give to these people is, is, is trained to identify one of those 1,400 characteristics, and so and not the, the other 1,399. So basically, you've, you've, you've uh, I don't know, you we're trying to be, we're trying to play God with this mRNA vaccine, and, you know, it's just, it's just not working. Well, the bottom line is they're lying, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> they know it. They've been caught lying. That's why they got to move the goalposts. Instead of saying you're immune now, you're protected. But if they're all protected, then why are they worried about the non-vaccinated? Exactly. See, yeah. So, uh, again, more and more evidence of dishonesty. The sad part is it's going to have incredible impact on the military to the negative. Lol. Yeah, because look at Israel. They're vaccinated. Look at their hospitals are filled with vaccinated people, you know, that have been vaxxed. Uh, there's, there's, there's like well over 80% of their population is vaccinated, and their hospitals are full of vaccinated sick people, and they're sick for a variety of causes. We've, we've discussed this for a long time, you know, on this show, the, you know, the, the, the blood clotting issues, the, the miscarriages, the heart attacks, uh, myocard, uh, myocarditis. You know, in youth, uh, in large part, I mean, just the, the, the string of adverse events from these vaccines is, is in the hundreds of thousands right here in the United States. And, and it's just sad to see so many adverse uh, effects from, from this vaccine. Well, and this is going to have a serious effect on the military, too, Lol. Uh, oh, yeah. One of the speakers at the symposium last week was a sergeant based at Hill Air Force Base, they have until December 2nd to get vaccinated or face a discharge, Sam. And there's going to be, you know, the military is going to lose, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 percent of their troops because of this stupid mandate. Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, Sam Bushman, Lil Nelson on your radio. Hard-hitting talk continues, ladies and gentlemen. No doubt about it. There's so much to cover, so little time. But the military is getting decimated by the fact about these vaccines and the forced vaccinations. People just don't want to take them. And you're starting to see hospitals and frontline workers and military personnel and all kinds of people just saying, we're leaving. We're not doing it anymore. It's a serious, serious issue. Any final thoughts on that, Lowell? No, that's it. This gentleman, this sergeant, uh, he's been in the military 12 years. He had hoped to make it 20, you know, make a full career out of it. And, uh, and yet he is now faced with this decision, do I get the jab or not? And he's not going to. And so he's trying desperately to persuade his uh, commanders. And you know, the commanders are somewhat sympathetic with him because they don't want to lose all these good men and women who are working for them. And, and so it's... Uh, it's causing a lot of consternation there in the in our troops among you know probably all four arms of the military uh, branches of, of this uh, country and so I don't know it's just uh, I just I think it's terribly unfortunate what Biden did uh, obviously he's a puppet so you know he's taking orders from somebody else I imagine but it's I are they doing this on purpose I, I just have to think they probably are because they want to decimate our military they want to weaken the the country. They want us to make us more subservient and, and um, pliable in their hands. The globalists want us a weak America because um, we've been the, the stopping point for their, you know, to their uh, objectives for decades. So the more they can weaken America, probably the more effective they're going to be globally. So that's kind of what I think is happening. Well, and if you if you think that the military is the only one that's uh, starting to balk at this and kind of, uh, you know, having a taking a beating on this, the vaccine impact on the military is important. But understand, they had to, you know, quit delivering babies at a given hospital because so many workers quit over the vaccine mandate. They didn't even have enough to deliver babies anymore. So they shut that down. But here's another headline from the Epic Times that highlights the point so well. 125 staff part ways with Indiana's biggest hospital system after refusing the vaccines. So now in Indiana, the biggest hospital, they lose 125 employees over vaccines. That's huge. And so when they tell you, man, we can't take everybody in the hospital, uh, folks, it's not because there's so many people going to the hospital. It's because they've gotten rid of half their staffs. I don't know what 125 
staff members relates to in terms of that hospital. But I mean, even if there's a thousand, it's over ten percent. Yeah. Okay. If there's two thousand, it's five percent. No matter what, that's significant, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't think we've seen the end of it yet. By the way, all right. You wrote a letter to the Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes. Brief us on that, Lowell. Well, I did, Sam, in response to his decision to you know, join a lawsuit with about, uh, I don't know, 25, 27 other states uh, suing the government over this mandate, the vaccine mandate. Now, initially, a lot of people were excited about this, and, and they still are. I mean, a lot of people are optimistic. Well, we can just uh, sue the government and, and uh, tell, you know, about this mandate. It's prove to them that we'll go, we'll go to court and we'll get a ruling from the court that this mandate is unconstitutional and and we'll just uh, shove it in his face and we're not going to you know do this mandate thing well um what yeah and and of course my good friend gail rizika who you and i both know and count as dear friend she encouraged us to, to thank sean for for doing that in an email over the weekend and so i sat down began my email and and uh, something a little different than just mere thanks came out of, of my head and my heart uh, because um, I basically explained to him, you know, and he knows all of this, but I just recited the facts of the situation. Basically, the states existed before the general government was ever created. The states were sovereign, independent, free states. They were recognized as such by King George III in the Treaty of Paris of 1783, for example. And the states later, you know, 10 years, 12 years later, formed the general government when they ratified the U.S. Constitution. And approving that, uh, that compact, the states vested in that general government a few well-defined enumerated powers. What was not mentioned was not granted. So basically the states empowered the general government to do just a couple things and nothing else. The states did not vest in that general government authority for domestic issues such as education and health care, law enforcement, and so forth. All other power remained in the states with the people domiciled in these states. And furthermore, you know, all legislative power, according to the U.S. Constitution, all legislative power herein granted shall be vested in a Congress. Right? It didn't say some power. It said all power, which means that neither the president nor the Supreme Court may exercise legislative power. That's well-settled principle. So when President Biden says that companies with more than 100 employees must require their employees to take the clot shot or to be tested, then he is legislating. He is arrogating power that he does not legally, rightfully have. And then what I said to Trump, And I would go further, though, and submit to you that's criminal activity, sir. <clears throat> Excellent point, yeah. And, and he ought to be uh, indicted and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 removed from office because of, of the, this act, because he is basically well, he waging war. Well, impeached, and then uh, charges need to be filed. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah, uh, that's right. He's waging war on the states when he says, uh, and we played this quote last week, I think, where he says, we will remove the governors if they don't cooperate with us. You know, that's like waging a war on the states. That's the very definition of treason in our U.S. Constitution, Sam. The founders wrote that right in, that treason consists of waging war against the states, right? So there if you Biden, have it. Biden even, guilty as all get out. <laughs> but what we expect from the GOP governors and legislators from this crisis is really important, Lowell. 
well, well, that's very true, um, and 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 they don't understand what the real solution is, which is what I wrote in in the latter half of my letter to Sean Reyes. I said that I appreciate your you know decision to file a lawsuit, but please do not rely on that as a last resort. What if the lawsuit goes to a federal court whose opinion is that the mandate is legal? Are you then going to say to Utahns that we we, we got to comply with the mandate? Well, so I said Utah should nullify the mandate just as we nullified the DEA's prohibition on the use of cannabis. Just say no. You know, James Madison gave us the blueprint when he said a refusal to cooperate with the officers of the union, right? States have a duty to erect barriers against the encroachment of the general government upon our liberties. So, you know, and so I, I quoted James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, to the, the attorney general here. And, and, I, and, and in fact, this, 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 the, the last quote I gave him from James Madison uh, from the report of 1800 emphatically asserts that states retain absolute authority to determine the constitutionality of an action. Quote, the states then being parties to the constitutional compact and in their sovereign capacity, it follows of necessity that there can be no tribunal above their authority. Right? And I continue that. And to prove your point, Lowell, I had Richard Mack on, and we discussed this right when the decision from Biden came out about this forced vaccine discussion. Uh, and everybody said Christy Nome and everybody else, you know, Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott and everybody else in these conservative supposedly states. And they, you know, said we're going to sue. And I had Richard Mack on. And we talked about Richard Mack's incredible win at the Supreme Court. And his uh-huh. it's the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware of it. But all I'm telling you is Richard Mack said it's not wise to sue. He did and he won and he's so grateful that he did. He did. But he learned so much along the way that he would have never sued again. He would have just simply nullified. And the reason why is because even in Max's case, they got a split decision, which eventually let them go to the Supreme Court. But if they didn't get that split decision, they might not have ever got there. And so what you do is you put your fate in the hands of a very few mid-level judges along your way, and the Supreme Court may never even visit your issue. And if they don't, you're cooked before you ever start. And so he wisely pointed out that, look, in his decision, it talks about Anthony Scalia wrote the prevailing decision, which basically said, look, there are dual sovereignties between the states and the federal government, and they're both responsible for their delegated jurisdictional responsibilities. And they only have power that's delegated to them, and there is no power from the federal government delegated in any way that gives them control over the states. The states have no obligation to obey the federal government on any point. Okay, They are not subject to the federal or the general government at all, uh, articulates Anthony Scalia in this. And so not only do I agree on the nullify thing, but we need to get these governors and train them and these uh, attorney generals and train them in the greatest Tenth Amendment case, Richard Max case, and help them understand, look, there is no authority whatsoever. Why are you going to ask permission? Why are you going to leave it in the hands of a few robed thugs that might go against you and not even let you get to the Supreme Court for a final uh, decision, etc.? Why let these mid-level judges render opinion? Why put it in the hands of so few? And believe it or not, there's an... Um, I'm going to be talking about this with Dr. Scott Bradley uh, next hour, but Doc, or, but Justice Clarence Thomas, against politicizing the Supreme Court, saying that doing so could make the judicial system the most dangerous branch of government. During a speech at the University of Notre Dame, Justice Thomas cautioned against allowing others to manipulate our institutions when we don't get the answers that we like. 
Uh, anyway, he goes on, but we need to be very careful not to make the Supreme Court the greatest, strongest branch of government. That's a serious, serious mistake. So nullify now. Do it now. You've proven that you can do it because you did it with cannabis. We know that it's possible. We know that it's legal, legitimate remedy, and simply get it done. But I submit to you that these governors and attorney generals don't have the guts to do that because then they become responsible, Lowell. Yeah, it's like they have a hammer and a nail. You know, attorneys grow up in a hammer and a nail, and that's what they've been trained to use. They think everything can be settled with a lawsuit. And, of course, it turns into a lot of money for them, so that's the tool they use. But what I'm telling people and what I want AG uh, Sean Reyes to know is that don't think a federal court should get the last word on this matter. That is absolutely untrue. That's not right. Uh, a, the state, every single state in its capacity as a free, sovereign, independent state has a duty to do that. And we, the people... And, that, and that's why on the pro-life issue with abortions, too, we don't need to wait for some overturning of Roe versus uh-huh. Wade. We just simply, in our states, need to do what Texas has done and just simply say, look, we're nullifying abortions, murder in our state. We're not doing it. But again, Utah doesn't seem to have the guts, but our prayers are that they do. Uh, I want to end on a good note, Lowell. Sure. Here's the good note. Federal judge blocks New York State health care worker vaccination mandate. Cool. So you know what? It's not enough yet, ladies and gentlemen, but it's a start. But again, I don't think we need to go to the courts. There's going to be plenty of lawsuits from private businesses. Let them handle the courts and the lawsuits. In the meantime, uh, governments, attorney generals, Governors, you'd need to simply nullify now and say, look, that isn't happening in our state. We are the leaders of this sovereign republic of Utah or whatever your state may be. And we're simply going to take care of business as we know we need to. Our states and the federal constitution back our play. We have never delegated authority to the federal government in this matter, and we never will. End of story. Lowell, final words yours. I really appreciate, by the way, Richard Mack is sending out more emails, um, two or three a week now. And I, so anybody that's not getting his emails needs to sign up at cspoa.org. And you, too, can get Richard Mack's emails. They're great. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Nullify Now is the answer. Lowell Nelson with us. Thank you so much, sir. Godspeed. Welcome, Sam. Good to be with you. Campaignforliberty.org, always doing just a phenomenal job, I'm telling you right now. Look, folks, we've got to go to work. Get on your knees and pray and then work hard. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the republic. Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for September the 20th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our 202 and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration, ladies and gentlemen. The blueprint for liberty is the key to the exercise. Welcome indeed to liberty round table live now there's so much to cover there's an event tonight at liberty 
Hall in far west Utah starting at 7 p.m., an extension of Constitution Week. You got to like that. Anyway, Dr. Scott Bradley will be one of the speakers at that event tonight. I'll be one of the other speakers along with a few ladies for Liberty. Uh, So it'll be a tremendous event. Please attend Liberty Hall tonight. You got to love it. All right. That in the can. (sighs) I don't even know how to respond to this. Wow. The things you see in America are just shocking. Shocker, says the headline. Young Americans sign petition to kill the U.S. Constitution. There are a lot of outdated things in there that nowadays need to be abolished. Art Moore with the piece, WND.com, reports on it. But there's a video this lady put together. Listen to this. Then we'll talk about it with our co-host, Dr. Scott Bradley, in seconds. Check this out. Hi, I'm Ophelia Jacobson with Campus Reform. Friday is Constitution Day, so we're talking to students at the University of Florida to get an idea of what their opinion is of the Constitution. Is it outdated? Do they think we need a brand new Constitution? Plus, will students go so far as to sign a petition to completely abolish the U.S. Constitution? Let's find out. So Constitution Day is on September 17th. What do you guys think of the Constitution? Absolute terrible. Needs to be redone immediately. I think it needs a lot more reform for the changes that have happened since then. Um, I think a lot of the things in there, they do need to be like um, reevaluated, re-evaluated, I guess. I think we just need to update it on like more equality, equity, stuff like that. Okay, so the Constitution, I feel like it's outdated, like some of the stuff on there. Um, I think that our Constitution that we have for America is is to some degree outdated, but I also think it is very historical. You can't put a price on how valuable the Constitution is. I think when you look at us versus other countries throughout time, you know, no matter you know the crests and troughs that, that that we face, the absolute you know security of our freedoms in the Constitution is what has kept this country together and kept us great through thick and thin. Do you think the Constitution is outdated? I mean, I think it has to be. It was written in the late 1700s. It wasn't written for the 21st century. Extremely. It's completely outdated. It was written by those that don't represent the both of us at the moment, and it didn't represent everybody at the time. Yes. Yes, a tad. There are a lot of outdated things in there that nowadays aren't accepted. To an extent, like when people talk about the Second Amendment and like the right to bear arms. Not all of it's necessarily uh, the easiest applied to now. Do you think that the Constitution is a portrayal of the patriarchy since it was created by the Founding Fathers? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would definitely say so, especially since when you reflect back on those who were writing it at the time and you see it's all old white men. I mean, I think it's impossible not to. I mean, they didn't have another perspective, nor were they seeking it. Absolutely, yes, I think so. It should, it should have been made by like a group of diverse people, but back then, you know how I was back then. Yeah, I do, and I agree with her. Like it should be revised by different, different people. The time period, you know, was rich old white men, and that's exactly what that document says and stands for and vouches for. I mean, just because words were written by men doesn't make it part of the patriarchy. I mean, if it were written by women, it wouldn't be the matriarchy. I'm going around with this petition. As you can see, I've already gotten some of your fellow students to sign a petition to abolish the Constitution, create a whole new one, to be more inclusive, you know, more politically aware of our surroundings in 2021. Would you guys be willing to sign this petition? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And would you be willing to sign that? Sure. It should be abolished. Like, it's time for a new constitution. It wasn't like pronouns like they, them, stuff like that either. So we should include the new pronouns in the constitution? Yeah, like to make everyone feel included. The issues of social and cultural differences within our country have been such an issue, you know, predicated by the control that the federal government has over everything. And the federal government is governed by the constitution. So you would say that the constitution is the root of our issues in this country? I mean, it's one of them. You could also lead it back to capitalism. I would have to look into it, so I'm not going to make on like a decision on something I don't really know that well, that much about. In the future, if it comes a time that we need to, then I think we should. Like someone could like come up with one that's better. Um, then sure, why not? Like why not give it a try? I would like to see a document, you know, in the future, to be put together by a more diverse group of people. I think that is a very naive idea. I, I think a lot of people who you know see you know surface level problems tend to think oh maybe they'll just tear everything down they, they don't realize that the constitution and its guarantees have actually kept a lot of problems from happening hi i'm ophelia jacobson with campus reform all right there you have it what do you say to that dr scott bradley well i guess i would say duh I mean, uh, what we've done to our education system in the last several generations, actually, uh, John Dewey really accelerated, considered to be the father of modern American education, an abject communist, and um, the uh, founder of the institutions that train American uh, teachers. And uh, it spread across the nation into virtually, and maybe I say virtually because there may be some exception out there, but it's probably in every single College of Education across the nation. I'm, I, I can't unequivocally state that, but I think it's so broadly spaced out there that we, we could say it's virtual. Um, we have the... the well, uh, there's several things I'd love to say about this if there's time. I mean, the Humanist Manifesto needs to be reviewed for what is the baseline de facto lesson plan for the American public education system. It is a faith-based religion that has no God, and it is literally seeking the demise of the entire United States. But before maybe we get to that, I know we're going to run out of time real quickly, but let me give you three or four quotations by uh, Thomas Jefferson, and I think it applies absolutely. By the way, most of these kids couldn't even hardly speak the uh, plain English of the nation, let alone probably read the Constitution. Uh, but here's, here's a few things from Thomas Jefferson. If a nation expects to be ignorant and free, in a state of civilization expects what never was and never will be. How about them apples? Okay. By the way, uh, he's playing off of Hosea and Isaiah in the Old Testament. We could review those at some point if we wish to, but uh, basically they said our people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and that's where we are right now. Here's another statement by Thomas Jefferson. It should not be proposed to take the ordinary branches of education out of the hands of private enterprise, which manages so much better all the concerns to which it is equal. So what we've done is we've turned it over to a government indoctrination center, and this is what we're getting on the outcome, this uh, blather that uh, the kids were just uh, spilling. Here's another one by Thomas Jefferson. Correct principles ought to be instilled 
into the minds of our youth on their first opening. The boys of the rising generation are to be the men of the next and the sole guardians of the principles we deliver over to them. little commentary. Um, if we fill our minds with uh, blather and mush, that's what we're going to get out, and that's what we've been filling their minds with. It's a social agenda right from the get-go, and that's we're seeing the outcome of the woke generation. Okay, so uh, one last one. I know we could probably go on and on and on, but it's time is of the essence. Education is the true corrective of abuses of constitutional power. And uh, so those are some things by Thomas Jefferson. We could talk at length about a, a great little book that I first came across in 1963. It's haunted me ever since. It's called The Children's Story. It's by James Clavell, and it takes 20 minutes to read out loud. I, I felt so passionate about this. In years past, I mean, it's a small, you know, just a, a little paperback that I bought cases of it and sent it out with my Christmas cards. Since I've been haunted by it since 1963, I think everybody else should be. And basically what it is, the nation, America, is captured by a foreign power. And in 20 minutes, it takes a little isolated incident in a, a little second-grade class. In 20 minutes, it shows how a teacher with the other philosophy unseats all the values, attitudes, and beliefs of these little second-grade kids, innocent, sweet little children that are twisted and turned away from everything we cherish, God, family, and country, and uh, how that educational system is uh, fostered all across America under the uh, under the new regime. I could tell you stories about things that happened in Southeast Asia after um, after the fall of Saigon in 1975, and we could obviously go back to the source of all of this in our country, the Dewey educational process called the Humanist Manifesto, three manifestos that have been written, 1933, 73, and 2003, that have become the lesson plan of America. And in fact, uh, hopefully when we get back to the break, because I'm pretty sure it's going to happen pretty soon, we could talk oh, about their Oh, it starts the second concept. you mentioned it, my friend. We'll talk more about it. The children's story, James Clavel, not necessarily just for children, incredible short book that'll really pull at your heartstrings and tell the tale of liberty, I'll tell you that. Hang tight, Dr. Scott Bradley with us, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website, weekly webinars on the Constitution, and a whole lot more. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while, at the same time, exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com 
getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never-ending. And even though I'm the prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh, sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Certify, and it shed light on a century-old certification industry that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the kosher question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests, and you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. We're talking about a children or the, the children's story. James Clavell, not just for children, I might add. 20, 25 minutes riveting reality of what could happen. I guess he basically uh, talked to his daughter about it. Uh, and then it turned into a book. The children's story came into being that day. And there you have it. Very, very serious stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Bradley, any more uh, points on that? Well, you know, people really do need to get the the book. I mean, it is absolutely chilling. I Very often when I do lectures on education, I begin with that book, whether it's young kids or adults. I mean, I remember back in school when I was a kid and there was story time or we're going to see a, a film of some kind. It was kind of like you relaxed and you took it in. And so I sit in front of the class and I take 20 minutes to read to the class, this this chilling children's story, but it, it parallels uh, a, a a good friend of mine. I, I don't need to give you enough details to. I mean, you know, but I haven't seen him probably for forty years. But at any rate, uh, he was uh, he's South Vietnamese. He had a wife and two little children. Uh, got out of Saigon. If it wasn't the last plane, it was very close to that, with just the clothes on his back. And his, uh, he, he always points out his Rolex watch he got out with. But at any rate, a very interesting story. But the rest of his family, who had spent a lot of time collaborating with the Americans while there, was left behind. And uh, they were all put in re-education camps. And uh, they were completely censured uh, uh, in their ability to communicate. But one day he got a letter, probably about 1977, from a sister that said, oh, you know, speaking of their brother, he is in such a good place. Things are going so well for him. He is so fortunate. It was a very effusive letter about uh, how great their brother was doing. Well, of course, the communist censors were, censors were not uh, privy to the fact that their brother had been killed in Hawaii in the 1968 10 offensive. And so she was saying basically the dead were better off than the living for what they were going through. And uh, so, but that got through, and he received that letter because, oh, you know, the communists are saying, hey, he, there's some good news they're talking about there. But that's kind of what happens. As, and we have not been captured, well, not by a foreign power, we've been captured by an ideology that is utterly, totally, and completely un-Americanist, it's false. And, and these, these buffoons, these idiots that they call 
college students have no idea that the uh, United States Constitution has absolutely nothing to do with technology or, or any of these modern woke subjects. It has everything to do with human nature. Human nature is to accrue and then uh, begin to abuse power. And uh, the idea that the American Founding Fathers put in was limits and bounds on power that could be accrued and abused and ultimately and finally uh, destroy the nation. And what they're trying to do is to take all those stoppers off. They have a complete misunderstanding of, of the things of uh, human nature, even, and, and they think that they've got a handle on everything. Uh, Daniel Defoe, about oh, 86 years before the Constitution, said all men would be tyrants if they could. And, of course, uh, Lord Acton said, you know, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And uh, th these are bookends, if you will, to what happened in 1787, and that was the basis to to create an environment where there was enough uh, of a government to do the things that were needful to for a, a national presence in the world, and no more. And it is limited and bounded completely. And the I don't know if you saw that USA Today article on Saturday, but it basically said. In, in banner terms, uh, Biden has power to enforce his COVID mandates, and then some, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it was, it, it's complete idiocy. If you read the article, you'll find that they strain at gnats and swallow camels, and they're using a, uh, a dangling participle, basically. <laughs> it's not exactly that, but it's almost that insignificant uh, to claim that, um, for some uh, 1932, I believe it was, uh, Supreme Court decision that uh, uh, a noted comment uh, had no power, no nothing in there whatsoever about an expansive U.S. power, but nonetheless they're saying, well, 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 well this is what says Biden can do that. It is complete buffoonery, and you know what? Those people that can't read plain English, can't think, have never been taught, Anything that uh, Jefferson spoke about in those few quotes I gave at the beginning, these are the people that are t attempting to govern in America today, and they're no b better off than the Paris Commune we talk about after the uh, uh, Franco-Prussian War. And, and uh, they'll, they should be run out of town on a rail. That's the bottom line. Uh, and don't get me started, Sam. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the bottom line is, you know, they talk about everybody wanting to sue Biden. Uh, and then they say Joe Biden initiated an nationwide mandate ordering American employers with 100 more employees to force the, everyone to get vaccinated. He, uh, Biden has a six-part plan. It's expected to affect nearly 80 to 100 million Americans, depending on how you define small business, etc. What are the consequences for something that does not comply with the mandate, they ask, in USA Today? Is it the same as breaking the law? <laughs> But they say our mandate's enforceable. And then they say Biden's pathway to enforce the mandate is to the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA. OSHA, which can require businesses and large companies to put safety regulations in place to ensure the health and the security of the people that work at a given company. So they're basically saying in the past, OSHA has mainly worked focused on working conditions, Related to the property of the company. 
they talked about one exception has been companies forcing to protect against hepatitis B. But that wasn't technically a mandate. Anyway, they go on and they basically say that, hey, you know what? Biden has authority through this. What does the Supreme Court say? And they go on and on. And they're basically looking at OSHA as the vehicle for the requirement. Uh, This guy's name is uh, Brian Dean Abramson. They say he's the uh, 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 expert on vaccine law, I guess. Anyway, they go on and on. But Bayesian, they say, hey, even smallpox in the 19th century and early 20th century were enforced by the states. In addition to the vaccine requirement, for companies, employees are ordered to face legal coronavirus testing if they will not comply. Anyway, the bottom line is you get $14,000 per violation. They say alongside the mandate with OSHA enforcing the fines. Anyway, it goes on and on, but I wanted to put some uh, meat to that point in USA Today article that you pointed out, Dr. Scott Bradley. This is well, hopefully, hopefully after the break, we'll be able to talk about a lot of things. How, first of all, Biden isn't qualified to cross the street alone. He needs somebody to hold his hand. And, and uh, from there, we could deconstruct all of the things that they're claiming in this kind of thing. OSHA has no constitutional basis for existing at all. There can be no regulatory power delegated by the uh, uh, legislature to create law such as they're seeking to do because all, regulate, all, all uh, legislative power is held by the Congress. I mean, this thing can go on and on and on. It can be deconstructed, but, but they're straining at gnats and seeking to swallow camels. It's time to say no more. We're done. We will no more comply with the idiocy that is coming out of virtually every level of government right now. But I suspect we're coming up on another break. It seems like I just jabber until it comes, you know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, yes, we're going to come up on another break. we got a little bit of time before it, though. Uh, and there's a shocker about how these students are so ignorant on the Constitution. Um, but there is some interesting uh, information, in my opinion. came out on Sunday. Um, and it turns out that the six feet mandate for social distancing is arbitrary. Mr. Gottlieb, or Gottlieb, I guess, he was on an interview with CBS's Face the Nation, and it basically highlights that the six feet White House medical advisor um, basically said this is bogus. So now we're getting more information out about this, Dr. Bradley, that, you know what, the six feet was arbitrary. Now, you and I knew that forever, and we've mentioned it forever. This is nothing new to our listeners, but it is new in the sense that now you have this Gottlieb guy literally coming out and saying that. He says, in the beginning, uh, they didn't really have any evidence. They proposed 10 feet, but then some bureaucrat said 10 feet will never work. You got to do six feet. And then, as you know, Anthony Fauci later is trying to get it down to three feet. There's no science that backs the social distancing whatsoever. And they've now admitted it blatantly on Sunday on CBS's Face the Nation. We've been telling you that for a year and a half, but now they finally blatantly acknowledge the reality. Who's been peddling fake news, I ask? Dr. Bradley in seconds. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. 
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The FBI is reporting human remains found in Teton County, Wyoming, are consistent with the description of missing 22-year-old Gabby Petito. The cause of death has yet to be determined. A full forensic identification is underway. The search continues for her fiancé, Brian Laundrie. The Senate parliamentarian ruled Sunday that Democrats cannot include pathways to citizenship in the $3.5 trillion spending package. This package only has the support of Democrats in Washington with zero Republican support. $3.5 trillion is roughly the equivalent of how much the United States spent on World War II. President Biden's open border policy continues to worsen at the U.S.-Mexico border. U.S. authorities on Sunday have closed part of the Texas border to block Haitian migrants from entering through Mexico. Thousands of Haitian refugees are now building makeshift camps in the region. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz reported more than 3,000 migrants have been removed from the camps. USA Radio News. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right. With the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time you buy gas. Nearly 3 million people have earned cash back with GetUpside just for buying gas. I always use GetUpside. Some months, I make 200 to $300. I love getting money back for things I use every day. It's just free money for buying gas. There's no catch. It's simple. And you Get your cash back right away. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents per gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code BEACH for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Earn cash back on gas on every fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BEACH for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code BEACH. A volcanic eruption has taken place in the Canary Islands. Dan Araki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau explains. Thousands of people are evacuating from one of the Canary Islands in the Atlantic as a volcanic eruption has begun. The eruption on the island of La Palma has prompted local authorities to evacuate between five and 10,000 people living in villages near the mountain. Videos on social media show lava flows engulfing houses, though no injuries have been reported. Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has reportedly postponed his trip to the meeting of the UN General Assembly to travel to La Palma to see the situation firsthand. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Three-time congressman and failed presidential and senatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke is planning to run for governor of Texas, according to a report on Sunday. O'Rourke recently paid for some state Democrat lawmakers to run away from Texas to prevent the passage of an election integrity bill. That was eventually passed after the delay. Oscar-winning actor Matthew McConaughey has also been publicly flirting with the campaign since March. This is USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So this is fascinating. On Face the Nation, former FDA chief admits six-foot social distancing not based on clear science. His name is Scott Gottlieb, and he was on Face the Nation. And he says six-feet rule was arbitrary, not based on science at all, and one of the costliest reality checks we've had to face. Anthony Fauci said in March uh, that the CDC was analyzing data to see if the agency would shorten social distancing guidelines from six feet to three feet now uh, i guess this happened after a new study said hey the six feet um doesn't have any real validity and school kids would be safe at three feet etc but my point is whatever happened with that i mean i don't hear anybody saying you can uh, reduce and or jettison social distancing 
Now, I don't believe social distancing has any value anyway. But nevertheless, there you, there you have it. Now they're blatantly admitting it, even in the mainstream press, Dr. Bradley. Well, we've been saying all along that, uh, you know, you say, follow the science. Well, uh, thus far, they haven't presented any science. It's been by guess and by golly. It's been slap shot. It's been simply a politically driven, uh, agenda-based uh, solution to everything that's happened. And, and I would even contend that the, the science on the so-called vaccine has not been science. It's been a, a preconceived notion about how they're going to do something, but there has been no nothing on it has gone through all the safety gates. Uh, they, they rushed it through by their own definition at warp speed. They have done everything they've done to facilitate a short fuse on this thing. And, and I've said so many times on your program that from the very moment this started, my very first media interview, uh, I could tell that they had absolutely determined that we're talking early March 2020. They had that the, the, it wasn't just a, a storyline or a narrative. It's a script. All the talking heads were on the same page. They had been handed a script that said, this is where we've got to get the people prepared for, and it was going to be mandatory vaccinations. There, there was never, ever any other end game. Now, of course, the end game is is uh, way beyond mandatory vaccines in terms of totalitarian uh, control and everything else like that. But, but these things that they've been uh, throwing out there and imposing on us, uh, I don't know if it, maybe some of your listeners will uh, go review some of the things that they're saying in that USA Today article, but they're talking about uh, the idea of the mandatory lockdowns. We're talking throwing away habeas corpus. You know, Article 1, Section 9, you can't, you can't hold people incarcerated without a hearing. And this is totally, completely, unequivocally healthy people that uh, this past year, you know, we're going to go two weeks to uh, flatten the curve. It's been 78 or 79 weeks now, and uh, there has been no let-up whatsoever. And so they throw away habeas corpus and say that basically that's holding someone incarcerated without any hearing, okay? They haven't been brought before a judge and reviewed the evidence and everything else. That hasn't happened. And so there's considerations to go back to that. And, of course, in some countries they're already doing that, you know? And it's absolutely, it's like solitary confinement. You get one hour a day outside. Hmm. All the things that really will make you healthy are being prevented from happening. And that's what these buffoons that are claiming to govern at this point are seeking to bring about. And, and they're not qualified to govern. They just simply are not. And uh, it's all agenda-driven political process for the destruction of the great principles of the nation. And they're claiming constitutional authority to do that. It's interesting to me, if you read... Well, we could go through a whole bunch of statements by the founders, but let's just let's just stick with the Constitution for a moment. Let's look at the the Ninth Amendment. It says if even if we didn't mention a right, you've still got it. It's all yours. It's still there. You could never enumerate all your rights. And and of course, one of the rights that the American founders were well aware of, as discussed by Blackstone, is the right to travel and move about. Okay. And and they're without impediment. Okay, so I mean that's just one of millions, perhaps billions of rights you have. And then the Tenth Amendment says if we didn't give the general government, the national government, the federal government, people call it different terms, but it is neither national or federal. We talk about that often. 
It is a general government. If we did not delegate to that government, it does not have that power. And that power was not delegated to do this nonsense. Uh, the idea that they can find, they can find businesses with over 100 employees. Huh? Where did that come from? Where, how could they, they say, oh, OSHA can do things for safety. OSHA is an alphabet soup organization that was created unconstitutionally by the Congress, and the Congress delegated to them unconstitutionally, because you can't redelegate your lawmaking authority to anybody else. Congress unconstitutionally delegated to OSHA and, and uh, all these other alphabet soup organizations the authority to create law to be imposed upon Americans. Oh, it's not law. They say it's policy. If it's enforced like law, it's law, kids. This is a violation, a blatant violation of the United States Constitution. And, and if they're going to lean on this idea of OSHA being able to control these kinds of things. Well, let's talk about, again, this idea of the Supreme Court decision that uh, Jacobson v. Uh, Massachusetts back in 1905. The guy paid a $5 fine and didn't have to, to get vaccinated. I mean, come on, people. Get uh, conscious of your uh, your life and, and what's really going on with you. And it's absolutely absurd what they're promoting. It is, but there you have it. And I don't know what people are going to be able to do about it. It seems like most people are just simply not engaged in the battle for liberty, and they need to be. We're going to be in serious trouble. So former FDA chief admits social distancing guidelines not based on clear science. No one knows where they got the six-foot rule, folks. They're just full of garbage. And then we, uh, you know, they act like we're supposed to trust them, and they don't understand why we don't trust them, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, Fauci said he was going to try to reduce the six-foot rule to three-foot rule. Do you know if he ever did that? He never got that done, did he? It's just kind of gone in the minutia of confusion. No one even knows what the social distancing uh, rules should be, right? Back in March, well, he was analyzing data. What happened? Do you know, Dr. Bradley? Well, no, there has been absolutely zero justification for this from scientific processes. And, and you can add to that this absolutely absurd masking mandate, so-called. It, it's like these cloth masks we, we uh, prayed around in, these face diapers, they have zero scientific evidence that any of these things in any way, shape, or form reduce the spread of, of, of the virus. Uh, I mean, it, it's, there's, if you've ever reviewed the, uh, again, we go back to some of these OSHA mandate things, the idea of masking, there is no justification scientifically for what they're causing you know, in the public education system, in our stores. I mean, I see people driving alone in their car with their mask on. And I say, good heavens, we've got mass insanity going on. And we've got, uh, I guess we've had about a year and a half of oxygen deprivation going on. And so we've shut down some more of the chips in our brain by, by depriving that. You put a mask on, you occlude the exchange of the body gases. And, and you're rebreathing the stuff you've, your body's expelled. And you're not bringing in the fresh air that uh, hopefully will be out there someday again. But, my heavens, there's nothing scientific about this. And, and then they come up with a so-called vaccine. Again, through there's no safety data on this thing other than a few days. We don't have a clue what months look like. 
And when people, two or three months after the, the so-called vaccine, are keeling over dead with heart attacks and strokes and paralysis and, and uh, embolis embolisms and all those kind of things, and it's like, oh, no, it couldn't be that. Oh, no, no, um, uh, they, had their they took their second dosage uh, three weeks ago. No, no, there's no relation. They don't know. And in fact, I believe it's 2027 when they're going to have some of the uh, closure on some of the evidence on this massive human experiment they're doing on everybody right now because they're supposed to be tracking this thing for the next four, five, six years to see what's happening. They don't have any idea about fertility issues that will happen. They're, they're now pushing to get little children vaccinated, and it may cause sterility, and, and these little uh, kids will never have children. We don't know. We don't know, and nobody can say definitively that they're safe and effective. And by the way, <laughs> if you've been vac double vaccinated and now they're going to do a, a, maybe they're working towards a booster shot. And on top of that, we're finding thousands of cases where people that have been double vaccinated are experiencing this. And well, you know, it doesn't get all of the disease. So everybody's got to get vaccinated. Wait, wait, wait. If it's a vaccine, it prevents you from getting it, and it prevents you from spreading it. But no, that's not what they're telling us now. There isn't one shred of anything that has any validity that they're telling us. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that CNN documented that they did update the social distancing guidelines from six feet to three feet. But my question, what gives them science on the three feet? They never had it on six feet. Maybe we got to push for one and a half feet. What do you think? I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
right. So I've now documented on March, uh, in March 2021, they did reduce the requirements from six feet to three feet. So my question for them is for the whole year that it was six feet, that was fake news, right, Dr. Bradley? Well, there's no question. And, and again, I stand by my statement that everything that's happened thus far has been fake news. Now, uh, there, there are people that, that deny whether or not any kind of sickness even exists. And, and without even going there, let's, let's give them the fact that they have some kind of sickness, likely caused by a gain-of-function uh, process that Fauci and his crew paid for, first of all, beginning in North Carolina and taking over to Wuhan. And, and I mean, there's someone I know uh, quite well that, that uh, I found out yesterday. She believes that when she got what she got, it was, it was completely unnatural. Every, every single, um, I don't know what you'd call it, symptom that uh, she seemed to experience seemed to be a mix and match of, of things that had never, ever run together before in, in humanity's life. Well, that, it, that's it for sure. It crosses literally, uh, and I've been talking to the, some very, um, well, I'm trying to think of the word to say, very alternative but yet mainstream doctors. And what I mean by that is they accept alternative viewpoints and understandings, but they're mainstream medical doctors. And so they get kind of both sides of this uh, where most medical doctors don't or most other um, natural practitioners don't see the medical side, right? So there's usually kind of a division there. These people are uh, enough of both to be just incredible. Anyway, the reason that I bring this up is they were telling me that, listen, the coronavirus, um, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, every strain, is designed to literally attack every organ in your body. It's designed to create inflammation and attack every organ in your body. And based on your immune system, what it does is it discovers the weak parts in you that's why it attacked me and my lungs so hard whereas others it doesn't others have kidney trouble others have etc etc because it creates inflammation in the body everywhere and when the inflammation happens then it literally uh, discovers what organs can be exploited um this is never the reality in 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 uh the past in history when it, when it comes to uh, viruses or illnesses etc they don't just literally create inflammation everywhere and then attack every organ in your body to find out which ones are vulnerable that's why this is so deadly this even uh, according to these doctors that i've been talking to even points to more gain of function reality dr bradley well here, here's the thing though i mean even beyond that um and and when you get an opportunity people really should do their research on this those that are involved in, in some kind of pathological review of, of tissue that has been uh, taken from and, and during uh, um, the, the review of dead uh, bodies that they've, they've gone through and done an autopsy on, and they've, they, they take tissue from different organs in the body, and they find that those that are post-vaccine, so they have received their two doses, they end up broken because of, some event that happens, whether it's a stroke that on a you know a 28 year old or a heart attack on a 32 year old or whatever, something that's totally unexpected, although they may happen on rare occasion, uh, they're they're happening way often nowadays. At any rate, so they do these pathological reviews of the tissues, the different organ tissues, and they're finding an inflammatory uh, kind of uh, exposure and and uh, manifestation all through the entire body, many, many uh, blood clots and, and uh, inflammations, and it's kind of like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
are we injecting ourselves with uh, a spike protein that has really been the cause of all these problems and, and ultimately and finally uh, will be the Delta variant or whatever happens to come out of the manifestation of whatever's the next flavor of what's going on are the vaccines literally triggering those kind of responses? And, and to tell you the truth, at this point, nobody can say yes or no. You know, you get on the major media, you say, oh, no, no, there's no relation. There's nothing. Uh, uh, the state of Utah Health Department has, has uh, made some blatant, over-the-top assumption statements about how few adverse reactions, uh, particularly deaths, have happened in the state of Utah. And it's like, wait. I probably personally know more people that have unexpectedly died since the vaccine became on the scene than they're saying happened in the state of Utah at all. And it's because they discount everything. In fact, there's a, a regulation now that says, oh, no, we're going to count you as unvaccinated if you die within two weeks of receiving the, the uh, second dose. Well, wait, wait, wait. What if the second dose caused the death? Well, no, you're unvaccinated because the vaccine has not had time to fully take effect in your body. So, therefore, we're counting your death as an unvaccinated death. But, but what if the vaccine caused the death? See, they're manipulating at every single turn. And, and this is disingenuous, and that's a really nice way to say a lie. This is disingenuous at every level, and the media is completely complicit and facilitating it. And, and that's why most Americans probably have got their head in the sand. On their, I don't know if they're willfully ignorant because they don't have, they haven't taken the time to think about this. No, I think they're just lying. Yeah, maybe. I, I've just seen so much hostility towards anybody that doesn't accept their standard line that I'm convinced that it's on purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, one thing we really need to focus on is this. COVID-19... Can we tackle the root root cause of inflammation? And I think the answer is yes, we can. And that's what we need to focus on, ladies and gentlemen. Researchers in Spain and the United States and all over the world are trying to work on this. But the mainstream press and your government won't talk about it. Now, Stranger Bedfellows, interestingly enough, Bill Maher, or Mayor, whatever you want to call this guy, Bill Maher, he blasted liberal media for scaring the, quote, SH out of people and making them afraid to even go out of the house. He said this during the, uh, uh, I guess he was uh, on TV there saying this, and I just find that very, very interesting. He was on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and he basically blasted the liberal media saying, you know what, you're scaring the crap out of people um, during the ongoing pandemic, and it's got to stop. And, uh, you know, so I rarely agree with Bill Maher, but in this case, he's right, Dr. Bradley. Well, that's absolutely the these talking heads. By the way, these talking head TV shows. Uh, I, I don't even know who they all are nowadays. You know, I go back to the Johnny Carson days. <laughs> but at any rate, um, what happens is that these are used as uh, to shape public opinion. And you know, they have a lot of people that you know they're laying there in bed watching TV. I guess I don't know what people think. They're why are they laying in bed watching TV? Anyway, that's another discussion. But the point of the matter is, in the late night talk, talking head shows, and they use them to shape the opinion by their agendas that they play. And, and I remember back in 1968, 
when uh, seven Silver Scream stars, the Cowboys, that knew how to handle six shooters, got a, a request from Lyndon Johnson to get his uh, 1968 Gun Control Act through, they would have had no chance whatsoever of getting through Congress. And and they got these uh, these guys that supposedly were manning them and knew how to use guns and everything like that. They'd sit there and uh, talk on the show. You know, people, <laughs> we've got to have some common sense here. You know, I mean, because we'd had, you know, John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, you know, get killed. Suddenly they're going to use these panic modes to get this through. They said, pick up your phone, call your congressman tomorrow, tell them they need to vote for this common sense gun control, because really we can't continue this slaughter. Well, these these six guys, single-handedly, almost single-handedly, there were six hands, or six sets of hands, that changed the course of America in the Second Amendment. And you'd be shocked as to who they were, but the fact of the matter is, including, by the way, Charlton Heston, future president of the NRA, but the fact of the matter is that they got it done through these talking head shows. That's what they're doing today. They're bringing the, the message of, you must fear, you must doubt, you must be in despair, oh, ain't an awful, we're all going to die. And before you know it, the panic levels have risen to the point that people will accept almost anything if they can just be sure that they're going to be safe. And you know what? We, life is life. Life and death occur. And, and you know, the old saying years ago was pneumonia was the old man's friend because it allowed him to get released into his heavenly realm again, ultimately and finally. And, and people died. And that's the way it was. And I'm not saying... We should blatantly run everybody down the street and, you know, cause mass death and all this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, we didn't have any increase of death last year over what the normal number of deaths are in a given year. In fact, they were slightly lower in 2020. The point of the but matter there were no is death. on this, really, that death is a part of life, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, there's elderly people dying, but if they don't die of COVID, they will die of pneumonia, or they will die of the flu, or they will die of uh, falling in a hip fracture, or they will die of... There are ways God has created to take us out of this world, just as he, there are ways he brought us into this world. And I bring this up to say that, you know what, we need to be pro-life, without a doubt, but we also need to realize death is a part of God's eternal plan. And we're not embracing death, but we're also saying, let's not pretend the arm of flesh can rescue us from death either. Um, and let's be clear about this COVID scenario. Do people get very sick? Yes, they do. I'm living proof. But are there natural health and healing solutions and very inexpensive drugs and medication that can make a huge difference? Yes. And they're not telling you anything about it. And Dr. Bradley, one of the things that I like to bring up is they claim everybody's going to the hospital. But they also tell you that you need to go to the hospital when you can't breathe. But they also have outlawed oxygen, right? Well, if we're going to go ahead and make a temporary change, why don't we quit outlawing oxygen and let people get oxygen who need it? Then you might not need to go to the hospital. Why don't they do that? Everything's a contradiction, and and it's so amazing to me. And by the way, I'm I'm personally aware of some instances where um, you know they, you get. Uh, let's just take the hospital systems in in Idaho, for example, where I happen to have some personal relationships up there. These these uh, hospitals have said you will be vaccinated by this date, or we're going to fire you. Well, now they're found out that they've got enough pushback from the people that are saying, no, we're not going to get vaccinated. Fire us. You know, and then we'll sue you. 
And so the hospitals are saying, well, because we care about our patients, we are not going to require you to be vaccinated before, uh, or else we're going to fire you. Because they know they cannot continue to operate their business if that happens. Americans need to say, we're not going to do this anymore. And Joe Biden, notwithstanding in his 80 or 100 million people that he's going to require to be vaccinated because they've, they've got to control over everybody's business, all of that's a lie. Everything, ultimately and finally, if sanity ever prevails again in this nation, all of that will be thrown out. But in the interim, a lot of good people are going to get hurt. It's time to say, no, we're done. We're moving ahead with life. And you know what? There's risk in life, and we're willing to take it. I really personally believe our days are numbered and our years are known. And uh, whenever it's time to go back to our Heavenly Father, it's, it's just the way it is. But let's and be very clear, though. If I have more time on this earth, according to God's eternal plan, COVID or not, I will live. Let's be very clear about that, too, ladies and gentlemen. Because that's not my time to die. I got COVID. I got really sick. I found alternative solutions, and I live as a result. So trust in God Almighty, not in the arm of flesh, ladies and gentlemen. Reject the fake news of the mainstream press. Now they're down to three feet for social distancing. Let's just push for a foot and a half, shall we? I I joke, but to make the point, these folks aren't based in science. They're flat-out dishonest liars. And so we cannot trust them, and we must move forward trusting in God Almighty. Pretty bold, but clear commentary from Liberty Roundtable Live. Thanks for being with us. FreedomsRisingSun.com is Dr. Bradley's site. LibertyRoundtable.com is mine. LovingLiberty.net, our syndicated network. God save the republic.